Detective Williams had hanged himself after he was found hanging from a doorknob with a necktie. The final autopsy report released in November 2014 ruled that Williams had committed suicide in this manner. Neither alcohol nor illegal drugs were involved, while all prescription drugs present in his body were therapeutic levels, the coroner declared. According to officials, William was found in a seated position. He was only slightly suspended with his right shoulder against the closet door. His body was stiff from rigor and mortis, rigor mortis, giving him the appearance of being sat in a chair that wasn't there. Williams rubbed elbows with everyone in the Hollywood scene at one time or another and was exposed to everything Hollywood had to offer. The question is, how deep was he into the scene? D.C. Madam Deborah Jean Palfrey had the dirt on important D.C. monkey mucks on the air. She explicitly stated she was not suicidal. Then she was found hanging in her mother's garage again in Florida. Alex Jones was deep into this story. On November 22, 1997, an excess frontman, Michael Hutchins's body was found hanging from a doorknob in room 524 at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Double Bay, Sydney, Australia. The occupant in the neighboring room heard an unidentified loud male voice swearing at about 5 a.m. The coroner was satisfied that that was Hutchins arguing with another male. February 6, 1998, after an autopsy inquest, he ruled that his death was a suicide. Again, according to reports, Hudson's had information regarding a VIP pedophile ring in the UK that was connected to child-killing rapist Jimmy Seville and high-ranking politicians. And Jimmy Seville was who? Jimmy Seville was the pedophile for the Queen, and he had uh, he had a. a he was There's very streets prolific. in London named after Jimmy Seville, Seville Row, where all the men go to get their suits. I mean, this is, you know, where all the secret clubs are. I mean, they, they, if you just search Seville Row, Row, you'll see everything that's there and named after this, this, pe this pedo. Even Princess Diana called him out, so. So then we go to Alexander McQueen, which this is an interesting individual. He's said to have hung himself with a scarf in his closet doorknob on February 11th. So we got the 11, right? 2010. McQueen was found in the morning by his housekeeper at his home in Green Street, London. Paramedics pronounced him dead at the scene. Metropolitan Police stated that the note McQueen left was not suspicious. However, they did not confirm his death was a suicide. Photos of McQueen's fashion shows it was obvious that he was in the thick of it and made a regular habit of signaling his alliance allegiance fashion designer kate spade committed suicide by hanging herself with a red scarf her death was eerily similar to the death of fashion designer loren scott on march 17 2014 loren scott a longtime lover of Mick jagger and former girlfriend of nate rothschild was found dead by her assistant in her apartment at the chelsea neighborhood of manhattan on march 17 2014 march 16th by the way is joseph mengele's birthday the police reported that no note was found and there was no sign of foul play. The New York City chief medical examiner determined Scott's manner and cause of death to be suicide by hanging. By a bizarre coinky dink, an eerie photo of dresses hanging from a tree was posted on Lorraine Scott's Facebook hours after her death. Hanging from a tree. How did that happen? Hours after her death, huh? Mm-hmm. Actor Mark Sailing pleaded guilty to possession of child pornography. He was set to be sentenced and was facing four, year, four to seven years behind bars. He reached a plea agreement with prosecutors in which he admitted he possessed images of prepubescent pre pre children. The agreement stated that a search warrant found more than 50,000 images of child porn on Sailing's computer and a thumb drive. The question here is from whom or from where does someone procure that much illegal pornography? The dark web? Even if he has a sick proclivity 
proclivity. How could 50,000 images be used just for personal use and not for distribution? Los Angeles coroner has confirmed that his cause of death was asphyxia by hanging in the manner was suicide. Mark Spigot, presenter of children's TV show S Smart, was found dead in 2008 at the age of 42, hanging in a Paddington train station. And wasn't uh, the queen talking to a Paddington bear? Oh, it's always about Paddington bear. Okay, so Paddington bear, for those of you who don't know, is the little cartoon character, but he's like, my husband loves Paddington Bear, okay? Because Paddington Bear is supposed to be sweet, innocent. Every British child loves Paddington Bear. There are cartoons around Paddington Bear. He loves his little jams and Paddington Bears always like, you know, supposed to be like the little sweet um, but they pretty much use Paddington Bear to kind of rein the children in. And, um, you know, and think about what they're doing with Valencia, Aga. You yes. know, it's bears. We're always, you know, they're always, these people are always doing the same thing. They're sick. Um, and, and also, I wanted to say, too, that um, when you're talking about Alexander McQueen, one of his main um, things in design is skulls. If you just look up Alexander McQueen and you'll see that the majority of designs um, were skulls. You know, I don't know if he was trying to send a message through his designs or if that was something that they wanted him to do. But one of his most um, one of his most interesting purses, um, I'll bring it up really quick, Penny, just so we can show the okay. audience. Um, but one of the most interesting purses here and um, things, and I'm just going to do a, I just did a quick Google search for Alexander McQueen's skull. So you guys can see what that is. Um, but these are just some of the pieces that he um, created. Mm. Yeah. So you've got the skull, you've got um, mushrooms. Um, listen, and I'm all about, let me, let me just say this. I believe in the human body. So when it comes to skulls, I have a different view than a lot of people do. Um, I don't always see them as death. I think it's God's creation. That's just my point of view. A lot of people will disagree. Um, but, you know, when we are looking at different things, we have to, you know, we do have to remember these are God's creations and, and they've really taken it. I mean, this is an, this is an X-ray that he utilized. Okay. So this is one of his scarves. Um, so that's one of his scarves. Then let's go back and find, um, this is one of the most famous purses that he designed. Um, this is the one of the most famous styles and you can see there's always typically a skull on McQueen's items that are very hidden. See the skull here at the top mm -hmm. on the right finger. So those are things that um, they kind of interject. So a lot of our skull items um, actually come off of the Alexander McQueen brand um, because they're just kind of skulls. Some of them are out in the open and then while others are very um, obscure in the designs. So, yeah. So then I wanted to, to I, I bring up Alexander McQueen because he's exceedingly um, interesting. Um, so he founded his own Alexander McQueen label in 1992. He's a chief designer at Givenchy from 1996 to 2001. His achievements Givenchy. of Pardon? Givenchy. Sorry. Givenchy, not Givenchy? No, Givenchy. Oh, huh. I've always said uh, Givenchy or Givenchy. Givenchy. 
I've always said it that way. Um, good to know. Uh, his achievements earned him four British Designer of the Year awards, 1996, 97, 2001, and 2003, as well as the CD, CFDA's International Designer of the Year award. He died from suicide in his home in 2010 at the age of 40 in Mayfair, London, shortly after the death of his mother. Now, yeah. the reason why I bring Alexander uh, into purview. Well, and here's. Here's one of the things he did. He's the British designer. He designs a lot of the Queen's and Kate's clothing, or he did. Um, but he also uses this British, you know, the the Union Jack flag. You can kind of see the design is, is based off of the Union Jack flag. Mm -hmm. And he also formed a partnership with Gucci. Yes, he did. And as, and as we know, Gucci's also in the forefront of lawsuits in which was it a daughter or granddaughter that said that she's abused, sexually abused? Um, there's lots. Okay. And, so, Gucci, and Gucci also had several creative directors um, over the years. Um, the creative director right now is Al Alessandro Michelle. Michel, um, and they have Gucci Garden in Florence, <laughs> Italy. And I do have some behind the scenes that I'll be posting on my PS This Rocks Fashion and Design blog of Gucci Garden. So make sure if you have it subscribed and i'll also share that on christytasker.com because there's some beautiful beautiful designs but gucci gucci a lot of people don't realize these brands they have creative directors and it's the creative director that really is supposed to direct what's happening with the brands so they they really have changed over the years so like for instance um one of the creative directors for gucci it's he's actually leaving my mind right now he's an american designer but very plain you wouldn't even think of their designs as being the same. I'll pull up, I'll pull those up, Penny, while you're. So talking. I'm wondering how many of them are also linked to Balenciaga. Okay. Because uh, all these people, they work together. So you have people from Gucci working yes. for Balenciaga. You have people from, you know, from all over in the fashion industry that they're, they all know one another and they, they know the dirty secrets that are going on. Yes, they do. So McQueen was HIV positive. He was an avid scuba diver and used his passion as a source of inspiration designs. Um, and he received press attention after the May 2007 suicide of the magazine editor Isabella Blow. Rumors were published that there was a rip between McQueen and Blow at the time of her death, focusing on McQueen's underappreciation. But McQueen denied these rumors. Uh -huh. Okay. Now, um, Dave, Dave LaChapelle, not the David Chappelle that we know, was a friend of the designer. And he said that McQueen was doing a lot of drugs and was very unhappy at the time of his death. Stephen Pereira, McQueen's psychiatrist, said he had mixed anxiety and depressive disorder for at least three years and had taken drug overdoses as cries for help. He had taken drug overdoses in May and July of 2009. He also said McQueen had repeatedly missed psychiatric sessions, adding that there had been enormous difficulty in getting him to personally and physically come to appointments. While McQueen's death came by coincidence, there's no coincidence, just days before London Fashion Week, he was not scheduled to appear there. So these are some of the people that showed up at his funeral. Um, Kate Moss, Sarah Jessica Partner, Naomi Campbell, Stella McCartney, Daphne Guinness, Sam Taylor-Johnson, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Lady Gaga, Anna Wintour, and how do you say the first guy's name, Bajor? Um, I, don't, I don't see it. It's B-J-O-R-K. He performed a version of Gloomy Sunday while dressed in a McQueen gown. 
Yeah. And the queen also had, um, you know, during that London fashion week, I'm going to try to bring this up. Um, Penny is because, um, the, because this is really important um, to show um, during this London fashion week, he also had uh, a B, you know, like they displayed in their ads, you know, a beheaded dress. I mean, so, you know, when these people are, they're doing things, um, they are, you know, really showing what they're doing. Um, so they're really, really showing what they're doing. Hold on. Can you see that photo really good? For some reason, it's not wanting to populate. It keep, keeps wanting to populate as blank. Um, so we're going to have to look at it small here just in the search. Um, but notice this has no head on it. Okay. So see the one to the right basically has yeah. no head. So hold on. The most iconic dresses is finally going to come up. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's really sick what they do because, you know, with them having like no head, um, you know, it's just one of these things where it's like, how gross can we get, you know? Um, and notice how even they dress themselves. Okay. So he had, we love you, Kate. Okay. So, um, so he is referring to there as not Kate that we're talking about, not Kate Spade, but Kate, British Kate. Okay. And at the same time, he's basically showing, you know, this dress with birds and no head on the girl. Okay. So this, you know, they basically took and chopped, you know, this off. But yeah, Gaga wears his things. Um, uh, I won't call her Princess Kate. What is she? I don't even, like, I don't keep up with the British monarchy. Um, but it's Kate. You know, Kate, um, William and Kate. That's the Kate. Oh, right. Okay. I, okay. I'm not sure. I think so, she's a princess, but I'm not sure. I don't think she's princess. I don't think she's Diana status, but these are his designs. I mean, he's, he's, you know, very, I mean, these are birds, by the way, bird feathers. Sorry. These are bird feathers on this dress, just in case anybody's wondering, but I mean, he, he's very artistic um, and metal. He uses a lot of metal and a lot of beading um, on everything. Um, a lot of flowers. Um, this is actually very Dior, um, believe it or not, off of their spring collection from like the 1950s. But he also did the dress for Kate to get married in. So I'm pretty sure he did this dress. Yeah. Yeah. The number one dress. Yeah. Kate Middleton's dress um, with the applique lace and flowers was handcrafted um, by the lace making technique at the house of McQueen. So there okay. you go. And now, um, so the reason why I brought McQueen up, there was a reason why. You want to bring me back in? Yeah. The reason why is because a conceptual art piece made by Tina Gorznak highlighted the possibility for corporations to copyright another human's DNA. She created a series out of pig leather, tanned and tattooed to be similar to McQueen's skin. She filed patents for a method of replicating McQueen's skin in the lab and displayed these patents along with the leather co collection. McQueen's family said they didn't condone the use of his DNA for fashion projects, but acknowledged that this project is exactly the sort of fashion experimentation that he would have enjoyed. So for, the, for, for as far as my knowledge is concerned, because I researched this, 
uh, he he wanted this project to happen in which they were taking his skin, replicating it, and making skin purses and leather and skin jackets from his DNA. Yeah, so this is it. So McQueen's DNA turned into human leather goods by Tina Gornick. Thank you. This is on uh, Design, which is a very popular um, interior design and architectural magazine. So, you know, evidently they thought it was really cool. So these are some of the products that she made utilizing his DNA. So for those of you who don't believe in clone aid and John Walsh going to clone aid in the Bahamas, you should look that one up too. Um, you know, because all these people, they're doing everything together. I mean, this is, you know, it's like every time, Penny, every time I go to research something, I feel like I have to go down the rabbit hole of something else because they are all interconnected in some way, shape or form. Yes, they are. I mean, I don't think any of this, I would not want to wear somebody's, you know, personally wear somebody's DNA or especially Alexander McQueen's, but but that's that's what they want to do with children. They basically want the children's DNA. They need to, um, they need they need us to approve of that. So whenever you know you're approving of abortions and things like that, you know that's basically what's happening. So do we have is our next guest uh, slated to come in? Does he have a a link? He is, he is slated to come in, Penny. Yes, he is. Let me just okay. check. So I'll keep going. Um, now I'm going to go back again to uh, Balenciaga. And we're going to go back to um, to Kanye. Second, let's see. Yeah, because we're we need to see if all of this is really a distraction um, for Balenciaga. Okay, I'm going to play this right here. So this is a person who said, "I went to the Bal Balenciaga show." This is three minutes, so I'm going to fast forward it to a point where when he he's just like getting up, getting dressed, doing a run, doing his thing. And now he's going to the show. So this, will, this is what will happen in, at Art Basel, Penny. So this is what they do. They have, you know, at, at during Fashion Week and like during Art Basel, a lot uh -huh. of these fashion companies will actually um, have events. And I have actually done a lot of their, not, not Balenciaga. I've never done Balenciaga. Okay. Um, but I've done some of the events for fashion companies. Um, okay. And, the events and this. So, you know, basically what we do is we get influencers in to preview the lines and um, they come in from, you know, everywhere. And um, so this is probably an influencer. I, I can't see exactly who it is, um, but no idea. I, I don't know if this is just a person that just posted this and said, you know, he went to the show. I don't know if he's an influencer, just a just a normal person. But he shows us a little back glimpse of. Uh, him arriving. It's not particularly poignant, but I just want you to see the show. Now, this looks like a soundstage, so they're outside. So is this where the Mud Fashion Show was, right? Is it in, it, it's not outside. They actually fashioned this in a warehouse somewhere. Is that yeah. Yeah, correct. that's correct. Yeah, basically, we, we we basically go in and like it, it'll be like whenever we start an event like this, it'll be a complete like 
warehouse or a museum sometimes. Um, it really depends on what it is, what the setting is or what the location is. Um, but you'll set the stage and set the scene or sometimes it has been actually outside. I mean, so these are major productions. They're set like productions in order to preview a fashion line of the really interesting thing that people may be very interested in that I've even never really understood myself is why we show items that we will never actually have like on a rack for people to buy. You know, the um, one. I just got a notification from uh, I actually, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but the individual told me it's Kate is Princess of Wales. Yeah, Princess of Wales. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. So here we go. That's Anna Wentworth, by the way. Is that Kanye? That's Kanye. Kanye, yep. That was Kanye, right? Yeah, that's Kanye. But Anna Wintour is the lady with the chopped hair who is the, you know, the, the, the devil wears Prada is supposedly about her, but she's. Interesting, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't get a chance to put all those pictures in this presentation, but we will talk about it further. Yeah, everything Kanye is doing is very dark. Um, even I'm even turn the volume video, down. Even his videos, when it, even the video that he's done, I forget the name of it. Where supposedly he's, it's like a he's claiming that it's like a worship song. I mean, you yes. guys for what it is, but I mean the one that's dark where he has everybody in hoods, black hoods. Um, you know, look, why is red the only color? Why do they need to look yes. like like walking There's through? and horrific conditions. Yes. I mean, these are absolutely horrific conditions and I'm sorry, but I mean, Penny, do you see anything that you would actually wear? No. And I, I, you know, I did, I am short, but I was still on the runway. Were you? Yes. <laughs> the runway was the only place I was because <laughs> I'm 5'11". Everybody's always surprised when they meet me, Penny. I look like a giant. I did minor shows, nothing major. Always underneath the the radar. I forget half of what I did. My dad was actually reminding me that. Okay, um, there we go. Oh yeah. Oh wow. That person. Okay. Right. Now let's just play a little bit more. That's a man. That's leather. Okay. Now I think I have another. So they're they're advertising summer two oh three, but this was October, right? And no, they're always ahead. They're always ahead. So so fashion is always a season ahead. Right, but it was it it was actually from the October twenty two, two thousand two collection, right? Uh, oh actually October two, not twenty two. October second, twenty twenty two. Yeah, so Oct so the fall two thousand collection and they're saying that it's spring, right? Wasn't it spring? Um, spring or summer? Sure. So now I'm going to just play this individual. Why does this is a man dressed in leather, woman's dress? He looks like he looks like an old lady. Yeah, and they're not. And the other thing too that, like you know, from runway. 
you were supposed to stand up like nice and straight. Yes. And tall. Yes. He's like very slunched over, like it's slouchy. A- like they, it's like they've told him to walk slouchy, like an old, old person. What is he representing, Christy? Witches? What is this? I have no idea, Penny. I mean, it's it's definitely very satanic looking. Um, it, it looks like he has ropes. Um, he has on like he has ropes. He looks like he's wearing a purse because he's got a pull thing in front of him, yeah. right? A handle. Yeah. Is he being handled? Is that what the message is? I'm being handled. Yeah. He's got a handle around his neck. He absolutely has a handle around his neck. Yep, that's a good. I, I didn't even notice that because when I look at this, I'm like, it's so disgusting to me that you know, of like what this is and that people are actually, you know, buying into it. And I'm, and I'm very, you know, I'm thinking that it's, it, this could be a massive distraction um, from what's to come um, with SCOTUS. Our guest is, um, hasn't responded as of yet. So hopefully I told him to come on in when he's ready. And that's um, Lloyd Brunson, who has the, who has the case um, during the Supreme Court, and I want to make sure that everybody gets to hear what happened because I, I found it actually very hopeful. And I'm not trying to fill people with hopium. Um, yes. This is completely different um, than any other case. And when when people hear the story of how the case um, got started and um, about SCOTUS actually calling him to submit the case, this is a very interesting the whole dynamics are very interesting. And what makes it most interesting to me is it's a pro se case. In other words, no attorneys are behind it. Yes. And um, it's the first case that SCOTUS has had that is not about the election results, but is about a constitutional issue of our Congress members not following the law and the Constitution. So isn't that interesting? extremely interesting um so while we're waiting for that individual to come we'll just keep um you know reporting a bit on balenciaga say i don't know how much more you have because um i i've I've got a lot if if we um have time to fill because i found so much um, okay once you bring forth because you were asking me to research and I, i was hoping that um johnny would be uh bringing forth some of his research i'm not sure what happened to him maybe he lost his connection um, but, um, why don't you, you were asking me to research the company. So why don't you go ahead and share what you discovered? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pull up a couple of things, uh, a couple of things that I think people would be really interested in first, um, and showing you where to find them on Twitter, because, um, I have started just posting any research that I found, um, on Patriots perspective, Twitter, which is, um, the handle is at news behind truth. So news behind truth right here. You can find it. Um, So some of the things that have occurred that people have realized is um, that that they are associated with Adidas. Um, So Adidas. um, So, you know, this is, you know, people are saying, oh, this is a Photoshop trick. I mean, who knows? It's not a panda. Okay, so maybe it is. I don't you know, I haven't haven't really had time to research aspects, but I mean, these are just sick things um, that, you know, what these people are doing. um, This is art that they create. And I will tell you, um, Art Basel, I want to say it was 2021 or 2020, maybe 20, a banana, a real banana 
taped with duct tape to a wall went for like over a million dollars. Okay. That's insane. Yeah. So, um, can you read what it says on the side? I personally started realizing that she's behind this weird bondage BDSM that starts to enter the fashion world like Adidas collab. Yep. And so they, this is, it's a very sick thing. Um, these are photos um, that people have basically, and this is Lada, Lada Vodkova is, is the best way I know to pronounce it. And she is evidently the, um, one of the people that is creative direction behind. So um, this was, it says, um, Johnny Dolfert and Lada Kavoda as part of my portfolio um, at Double Magazine. So, um, so this was evidently a Chanel, um, you know, this is evidently Chanel clothing, by the way, I, don't, I do not think Chanel, I've been in Chanel's personal apartment in Paris. I don't think she would have gone for this. I'm just saying like, you know, I mean, I, obviously I, mean, I didn't. You have an extensive past rev uh, revolving around fashion that many people yes. don't understand what it actually is. Can you share a little bit of that? Yeah, so I'll actually share. It's, it's actually a good suggestion, Penny, um, because um, it is really a God thing. Okay, so I know that people, you know, if you don't have God in your life, it's very hard to imagine that these things can happen. Okay, so I have very good instincts. Um, I say that comes from my father, but um, I have had the privilege. Um, Boyd, um, my mother-in-law used to actually live in um, Scotland. So she's Scottish, lived in Scotland. And for Christmases and things like that, booking tickets through Paris were a lot cheaper than going directly through the UK. And a lot of people don't realize that the, the train is only about an hour from London to Paris. So a lot of times we would book work trips to Paris. Well, and, and we're always like very, um, we like to stay at nicer places, but we don't, we're not going to pay the price. I actually say we live, we live in luxury for less because we keep our plans fluid. It's just the two of us in many occasions, which makes it easy. So we don't have like, you know, entire family. We're not trying to plan a trip for hundreds of people or anything like that. Um, so Boyd actually booked us into a hotel um, in Paris and I kept saying to him, oh, honey, there's something about this hotel. Like there's something, something around us. And there was, I knew there was a Chanel store next door, but little did I know. So I went next door um, and actually went there on Christmas or, or Christmas Eve. It was either Christmas or Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. It was actually on Christmas or the day after Christmas. So I go in and um, I talked to the salesperson and she goes, oh, I said, oh, this is such a unique store. I don't know what it is about it. She says, you're very intuitive. And I, and I told her, listen, you know, I don't, I can't afford Chanel. I'm not, I can't even fit into the clothing. Okay. I, keep in mind, I am 5'11". Anything that's made, it does not come in my size. Everything has to be like arms have to be adjusted, so on and so forth. So she says, you have come here because you, this is Chanel's apartment. Chanel's apartment is right through these doors. So she, and, and I was like, you're kidding. And I didn't even ask her to go. And she says, no, I want you to come in. Um, it's 31 Rue de Cambron. And so this is me going into her, um, going into her apartment. This is the little foyer area. Um, and they were renovating upstairs. So what you're seeing here is, you know, after some of the renovations, some, 
you know, so everything wasn't exactly perfect. Um, but yeah, so you can scroll through these photos on my blog called psthisrocks.com. So, you know, I just like to take photos. Um, I like to look and see how other people have lived, but this is Chanel's apartment. Um, she obviously loved books and, you know, fun things. Um, but yeah, it's just really about intuition there. Um, so then, you know, I explained to her that um, my husband does some work with Maison and Objet and um, the trade show industry. And um, so I basically got invited back and I can go back anytime and watch any of the um, any of the fittings, you know. And so, you know, they loved that that number one, I told them the truth about what's here. But this is actually the stairwell um, that you saw me on. So this is the stairwell of how many floors there are. But these are mirrors over to the right. So that can be a little interesting to see. But yeah, this is this is it. So, um, yeah, if you want to follow that blog, I have a lot more that I'm going to be posting. Um, I actually have Trump Turnberry um, coming up. So that's what I wanted to ask John about was the Secret Service. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, may be interested in my main business. And I'm not trying to give a commercial, but I'm going to give a commercial because I never do penny. So I hope you don't mind. No, do it. Commercials for us both. <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't know that um, I actually do have my own fashion line now. Um, it's, you know, I, I call it fun, affordable fashion. There's earrings, brooches, necklaces, even men's bow ties, just things that I enjoy designing scarves, sunglasses, um, and, um, lighting lamps, custom furniture, wall coverings. So all the patterns I even design. Okay. So, and they'll say exclusive when they're my exclusive, um, pattern designs, but you know, I love fun things, Penny. So Oh, you know, if you like fun things, you know, these are all, you know, they are all handmade. Um, I, I did not hand make every single one of them. So people do ask, you know, once they're made and the design is done, um, I have people that do help me make them um, and they are in various countries. So, you know, some are in Italy, um, some are about conservation, you know, so I say the descriptions on my site are pretty interesting because. Um, Those are cute. Yeah, so these are actually some that I designed after I learned about coral here in Miami. Um, we'll have to get into that when people say, you know, there's this, you know, going green and um, about our planet itself. Um, there's a guy named um, David Vaughn, and um, he has the Moat Laboratory, and he has figured out a way to grow coral 40 times faster in the wild that scientists have, but I bet nobody has heard of him. Imagine that. I hope he's still alive. But so these are, um, these are basically earrings that we designed around that and the proceeds actually go to his organization. So, you know, I like to do fun things like that. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit of my background. Um, but a lot of people probably don't know too, that I actually started in digital media because of my design business. So, you can actually go to puttingout.com. Puttingout.com is um, where I've won like tech awards. You know, I have had a, a very interesting life, um, but my company offers full service management. And I used to be on Silicon Valley NBC News as a trusted source for social media tips for small businesses, because I like to help people like myself who are 
um, when I say like myself, but small business owners um, and help them grow. And I've always wondered why we couldn't, you know, you could get a business to a certain point, Penny, but they just couldn't get all the way there. And they're very right. deserving, better artists, better creative directors, better everything, but they could not get there. Now we know why. Yes, we do. That's what I say. So, you know, that's that's a little bit about, you know, about me. Um, I am not sure where our guest is. Okay, okay. Oh, I'm here. He says we can't see him. Hold on a second. Oh, maybe because I need to go small screen. Here we go. So I can see him. Here we go. Lord. Hey. 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 <laughs> Hi, Lori Brunson. We, 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 everybody here already knows who you are because we've been saying that Balenciaga and all this fashion is nothing more than a distraction for what's going on at SCOTUS, we hope. So welcome to Patriots. I'm self-conscious about my shirt now. After all that fashion <laughs> stuff, I'm self-conscious about my shirt. Just kidding. <laughs> don't be, don't be. Don't be what you're doing is way more important, and we're very grateful that you know. Every time I see a case go to the um, Supreme Court, I'm always so excited. And you know, as much as many times as we've been let down, your case is the first one that is not about election results, right? Did I get that right? Yeah, absolutely. It's real important. It's not about the uh, outcome of the election. It's really addressing the concerns of the Democrats and the Republicans about uh, election fraud. They both both sides have claimed that, haven't they? So this is about securing a, an honest election for everyone. That's so right. and what the defendants did was they breached our national security by not investigating the fraud claims. So anyway. Tell us what they did and, and, and what laws they broke and, the, and what part of the Constitution, because we have not yeah, gone And what motivated you to file the litigation. Yeah. There's so right. much. Right. Well, you can go to sevendiscoveries.com and you can actually download the complaints. There are two complaints that uh, are federal complaints. I started first as the plaintiff. I have two brothers and one of them is the legal brain and the other one is a uh, great at what he does. And uh, so started with mine. Mine was kind of getting stuck. And then my other brother decided, hey, maybe we should uh, have two lawsuits going. And we're shooting for the Supreme Court. We knew the U.S. attorneys were going to be able to dismiss the cases in the lower courts. And so we we were fine with just getting decisions quickly. So it's like, hey, there's a motion to dismiss and, and the judge grants that motion. Great. Let's move on to the next court. So uh, they're identical cases, and my brother's uh, Roland uh, got there first, even though mine was filed far before his was. And so his plan paid off to have uh, two cases going at the same time. It was kind of three cases because we actually sued the federal court for, for stopping. They actually blocked me from even filing a case. So we took, them, we took the federal court and the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals to the state court, but that's a whole other story. So this uh, this case is charging the defendants with violating their oath of office for national security breach, because here are a hundred credible witnesses, members of Congress, uh, headed by Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and the others, showing evidence and uh, testifying that there are crimes that have been committed that need to be investigated. And the others just kind of shrugged their shoulders like, well, it wouldn't make any difference. It's like, it doesn't matter make any difference. When there are crimes, when you go to a police department, you say, hey, there's a crime been committed and they don't investigate it. They become an accomplice to the crime. They're protecting 
the potential criminal. So when you have 100 members of Congress witnessing to the rest that there needs to be a criminal, you know, an investigation for just a simple 10 days, it wouldn't have hurt them one bit. Mike Pence should have said, look, I have a constitutional obligation to with the, the electoral votes here, but we need to investigate before we before we take that action. And they didn't. So they are now defendants in a case that made it to the Supreme Court. And believe me, the U.S. attorneys tried to dismiss it. The, the courts actually tried to stop it. And their last ditch effort was the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals. They, uh, it looks like they just thought they could sit on it and not make a decision. Because I think they knew that as soon as they make a decision, we go to the Supreme Court with it. And uh, they, they didn't make a decision. And then we found uh, Rule 11, which allows you to bypass the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals and go straight to the Supreme Court if you can convince the court that it's, it's a national emergency. And so under Rule 11, the national emergency claim, we sent off our petition to the Supreme Court. Five days later, received a phone call from the clerk's office saying that they were accepting our petition as a national emergency, allowing us to bypass the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals. So we're there. There's more to the story there. I don't know how much you want me to get into it, but that's basically you know, it, where we have a case now in front of them that it was almost impossible to get to them. And now they literally have the power to remove every single federal officer listed as a defendant in the complaint from federal office and bar them from holding public office the rest of their lives, federal, state, and local, in addition to some other reliefs. So uh, we're pretty happy about it. Oh, Chrissy, you're muted. Oh, am I muted? No, Christy is. You're oh, I can hear you fine. Okay. It's like, hey, I'll start over. <laughs> I, want to make sure, really? I want to make sure Americans heard every word that you said because you guys are not attorneys. You've had to fight through no. attorneys' courts. And um, how did, can you tell us a little bit how you actually got past that 11th Circuit Court? Um, you know, because when they're sitting on a case, they sit on these cases sure. in hopes that sure. they're going to run out of time or, well, you know, every, everything is about timing. Sure. That's a good question. You know, you hear a lot of stories about cases and it's like, oh, we got tossed. It's like, well, what level did you get tossed? We knew it was good. We knew we were going to lose on the lower level. So we, we just wanted a decision quick and and uh, and, you know, as fast as possible. So what you do is you lose in the lower courts and you appeal it. You appeal it to the appellate court. You appeal it to the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals. So my brother's case, he started in state court. He was suing the defendants in state court. The U.S. attorneys removed it to the federal court of Utah and uh, lost there, of course. That's what we expected. Go ahead and, and we'll lose in the motion to dismiss. And then it goes to the 10th Circuit. And I think the 10th Circuit was getting a little, little wise to knowing that we were going to take this to the U.S. Supreme Court. Because look at the justices on the, on the court. Now, they, could be, uh, they could be a little scary to some liberals. And, so, and not that this is about liberal or conservative, you know. And so here we are at the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals waiting three or four months and no decision. I mean, the U.S. attorneys are waiting for a decision, too. We're waiting for a decision. So what's taking so long? So finally, we found this Rule 11. It's the Supreme Court Rule 11 that tells you that if you can convince the clerk, the court, the Supreme Court, that it's a national emergency, they will accept the petition based on Rule 11. So right on the cover, it'll say, under this court, this court's Rule 11 petition. So it was a special petition for writ of certiorari under this, you know, this court's Rule 11. So we sent it off. Uh, we sent it off, and about five days later, we got a phone call from the court, 
the clerk's office. Now, the clerk of the court is not a is not a judicial clerk. Now, this this the clerk of the court is an attorney, and for eleven years he represented the United States Supreme Court as their counsel. Okay, so so we get a call from his office, a case analyst, telling us that they had received the Rule Eleven petition and that they had decided to accept it without worrying about the Tenth Circuit. So it's like you have permission to wow. bypass the Tenth Circuit because this is a national emergency. And uh, and then they asked us if, if they could, if we could put some additional pleadings in it that they had been studying, you know, from the docket. And so we did that. And two, about two days before we were ready to, you know, get it to them, they, uh, about two days, we, we, we got a notice from the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals that they had made a decision. And it's like, What's going on? Did they know about this? And so they hurry make a decision so it wouldn't show up as a rule 11, which would make them look bad. And so anyway, they made the, the decision. So we call the clerk's office and we explain, hey, we just got notice from the 10th Circuit. They made a decision. So do we need to continue to do the rule 11? And they said, no, you don't need it. Just take it out. We thought we'd just leave it in. They said, no, just take it out. You don't need it and get it to us. And uh, how soon can you get it to us? They said. And they, it's like, there was kind of a struggle there. It's like, well, it's going to be a couple of weeks. And they go, well, can you get it a little quicker than that to us? Wow. It's like, that would work, but we'd like to really get this as soon as possible. And so instead of two weeks, we were able to get it to them in one week. We sent it on a Thursday, which was October 20th. And they received it on a Friday, the 21st. And Monday, the 24th, they filed and docketed it. They showed that it was filed the day we sent it, which is standard procedure. And uh, so it's on the docket. And then they noticed, notified the U.S. attorneys that they had about 30 days to exercise their right to oppose it. They have one chance to oppose it before it goes to conference. And so they were noticed that they only had till Wednesday, the 23rd, the day before Thanksgiving, to oppose this petition before it goes to conference where the nine justices vote. And if for a vote in favor of it moving forward, it moves forward. Okay. So here, here, here we're wondering if, if they're going to do anything and comes the day before Thanksgiving, the day that it's due, we're thinking they're going to miss their deadline. And we, and then we get noticed from the court that the U S attorneys are no longer representing the defendants and a new person has taken over representing the defendants. And it's, I think her name is Elizabeth Preloader. She's the, the United States Solicitor General has now taken over the case and she did us the biggest favor. It was wonderful. I just want to give her a hug. Uh, she waived their right to oppose it. She signed a waiver opposing uh, uh, to oppose this, this uh, petition before it goes to conference. And we're thinking, wow, this is, uh, there is a God. And the God that there is, is the God of the Constitution. And we know who the God of the Constitution is because Article 7 of the Constitution tells us who that is with the words in the year of our Lord, right? The Christian calendar. So we're thinking, wow, this is just one of the many miracles. So here we are now where it hasn't been opposed and uh, they can go to conference now. They could, uh, we're looking at the docket every day. You can go to sevendiscoveries.com and you can see real-time updates on everything that's happening. And you can actually down, you can actually order the exact, uh, the exact petition, exact copy of what is required to that the Supreme Court accepts. You have to bind it, and it's a it's a very complex format to keep it separate. So anyway, so we're we're just waiting now to see the docket show 
that uh, that there's that's scheduled for conference. And if you look, if you go to SupremeCourt.gov, you'll see that there's a conference scheduled for this Friday. I don't know if they're going to hear ours or, you, you know, have ours at that conference or the following Friday. But they can do anything they want with this now because of the nature of the case. They can completely adjudicate the complaint. They can do anything with this. So that's kind of where we're at now. Any questions? That is, that is, I, I have so many questions. Penny, do you want to go with questions first? <laughs> no, you go first. So first of all, I'm super excited that they called you and that there is an yes. opportunity that, I mean, that's, that's, that's like unheard of. Okay. Number two. It is, we were, we were stunned. They're characterizing the case. They're examining it and characterizing it as, as something of importance. Now go ahead. Yeah. And then, you know, with that, um, that you guys did all of this pro se without an attorney Right. Yeah. Yeah. We had to do it that way. If we'd hired a law firm, we would have never got anywhere with it. We would have never gotten it done. <laughs> because exactly. law firms, law firm, a lot. If we'd gone to a law firm, they would say, "Well, you're, you, you. We have to go to the court of claims, but before we do that, we've got to get a waiver. We got to get permission from the sergeant and arms. We got to do this and that. And we wouldn't have, we wouldn't even gone into the federal court. So my brother, because he had had experience representing himself before suing some banks, because he was upset with the prime with the, the subprime mortgage bundling with the stocks and everything. He was hurt by that. And so he decided to do it himself because he didn't like the attorneys, what they were doing. And so uh, he just learned procedure and he's found, this is kind of interesting. He's found that lawyers have their own kind of, kind of culture and their own kind of ways that they, ex that they proceed with procedure uh, different than what they're actually supposed to follow. So we followed their rules. We believe better than the attorneys uh, could do. And, uh, and, my brother, Darren, brilliant. He, he got it to the Supreme Court. And again, it's not about the outcome. It, it's not about whether it's Republican or Democrat. It is about, it's, it's supporting and protecting anyone that votes, that wants to participate in a fair, sound, truthful, honest, constitutional election. That's what it's about. So That's exactly right. it's, That's not about, it's not about deniers. It's not about denying an election. It's about investigating crimes when crimes have been reported by a hundred credible witnesses, namely members of the U.S. House and U.S. Senate. And they felt their duty, and that is an act of treason. It's a violation of the oath of office. And it is a sincere, a, a serious security breach because it's it's like, uh, it's like sort of like Pearl Harbor, you know? It's like, oh, you hear these stories, you saw stories maybe about people with guys, you know, uh, military people calling and say, hey, there's a bunch of planes coming towards Hawaii. And they, they don't check right. it out. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. right. And, and, you know, that is that was the most shocking. You know, I think that all of America was shocked, you know, when when um, they didn't investigate, when Pence didn't investigate, you know. And, and like you said, it's not about a specific politician. We just want to know who wins what. And, um, you know, I, yeah. I've used I've used the terminology Lloyd, and you may agree or disagree, but one ballot one day. And, and people counting them. It has to be one paper ballot, one day of people yeah. counting them. We, we did it before. We can do it again. We're not idiots. You know, we're not. And, and this is it doesn't matter who wins as long as the actual ballots are actually counted. But right now we have yeah. zero idea who actually won. Exactly. And, 
We know that there were mules out. We know that there's a hundred yeah. different things going on and yeah. being in technology, you know, I've, I'm in technology. I understand technology. I understand algorithms. And I'm just telling you, every time I've gone to vote, um, there has been something go on that could easily have stolen my vote. Matter of fact, to the point where I can prove that my own votes did not count in our Miami-Dade elections. And Governor DeSantis has done nothing about it. There's been no response. And people are always waiting for a politician. So you've actually encouraged me to do some sort of filing. I don't know what it is. Um, but basically, when I have a vote that didn't count, you know, whatever it may be, I can prove that my vote did not count and that there has to be something wrong somewhere. And some people mm -hmm. look at it and go, well, you know what? It's OK, Christy, because the Republican won. No, it's not. It's not OK. It's not OK when your vote for your person did not count. OK, whether it be a primary election and the primary elections are some of the most important. So it's not about whether a Republican in the end won. It's about the people's votes counting. And the only way we're ever going to get a, a fair election is to know and hold the people accountable. So I it was it. absolutely music to my ears for you to actually like do this. I mean, I'm, I'm so you know, we, I feel like we're all kind of down and out, like, you know, we're hearing the BDSM, you know, Balenciaga and, and the ball, you know, and it's like we can only talk about that so much. And then when when I heard about you, um, I, I don't even remember how I heard about you, um, but, you know, but I I am part of Defend Florida. We've you know, we're all we're all we all just want to make sure that our votes are counting no matter which side people are on and you know this is a huge part of the huge piece of the puzzle and i am going to be in prayer hoping and praying that um that scotus actually does the right thing um and for their protection because you know these people they're they're under a mass amount of protection um, as a whole, um, and, and they're, you know, they're going to be riots no matter which way you look at it. But the reality is, I do think a lot of people are awake right now and they're ready for it. And um, I pray that they do the right thing. Oh, it could be a pretty smooth transaction, actually. Transition, yeah, I should say. Yes, because you think about all the riots. Why did we have all those riots? Because the police stood down. We wouldn't have had any of that if the police had just been allowed to do their job. So I think this could be very smooth. Yes, exactly. Because I, I'm going to say this. This is not about even the presidential election. This is all right. down ballot. OK, because I'm telling you, there are politicians here locally in Miami that did not win. Our mayor, a Republican mayor who is, you know, all about Bitcoin and all about he's, you know, the world's greatest mayor, if you ask Davos. Um, who's, by the way, trying to take away the breath of every Floridian, if you ask him, through his Green New Deal approaches, okay? So he's Republican. We have to realize these things. They are on both sides of the fence. These are regimes. These are mafias running our lands. We have yeah. to call it out. We can't be afraid of them. Listen, I live across the street from his dad, okay? So to take me out would be nothing. And they know exactly who I am, the, the lady with the two dogs, you know? So guess what? <laughs> but, but, but they're a little afraid because they know that I go on and I speak about it. And they know that I'm a, I call out both sides, okay? So it doesn't really matter to me. I'm basically trying to be 
open-minded, neutral, and American per Emma Constitutionalist. So, so I, I found, Christy, I, I'm sorry. I found an article on American Digital News about this. So I'm just going to read a little bit background. Uh, Brunson v. Alma S. Adams et al. and Biden, Harris, Pence, and 385 members of Congress. Currently, there are two lawsuits identical to this, to each other. The first one filed by Lloyd Brunskin is still held up in the Utah federal court. The second one filed by, Ray, is it Rolland? Rolland, yes. Rolland J. Brunson Roland. has made it, is it Brunson? Brunson? Yes. I'm saying it right. Um, has made it to the Supreme yeah, Court. Brunson of the United States SCOTUS docket where nine justices in conference will vote only four needed to move to a hearing the lawsuit. Both lawsuits include defendants, president Biden, Harris, former VP Pence and 385 members of Congress for breaking their oath of office by voting against the proposition that came from members of Congress to investigate the claims that were enemies of the constitution who successfully rigged the election. Both lawsuits are about the defendants breaking their oath of office. I do solemnly swear affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. The question, how can you support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic? Answers, you investigate. If there are claims that there is a threat, even if you don't believe there is a threat, you investigate. How else can you determine if there's a threat unless you investigate? Were there claims of a threat to the Constitution? Yes. Where did these serious claims were? Did these serious claims come from 100 members of Congress? What was the threat that there were enemies of the Constitution who successfully rigged the 2020 election? Is this lawsuit again about a rigged election? No, it's about the members of Congress who voted against the investigation, thereby thwarting the investigation. Was this a clear violation of their oath? Yes. The relief that Loy and Raylan are seeking, the defendants be permanently removed from office and not allowed to hold a public office again. So now I have a little bit of background. It says your case background. Loy, Raylan, and Darren and Gaynor Brunson, the brothers, witnessed the 2020 election along with claims from members of Congress that the election was rigged. What got their attention was when the proposition to investigate those claims was presented to Congress and put to a vote. What came to a shock to the four brothers is when they discovered that 387 members of Congress, along with VP Mike Pence, actually voted against the proposed investigation, thus thwarting the investigation whether the election was rigged or not was no longer their main concern what now became the concern was when those members of congress violated their sworn or their sworn god i can talk sworn oath by voting to thwart the investigation the brothers wanted to do something about this their brother darren had quite a lot of experience in the legal field which started out when he began suing banks an attempt to show the corruption that part of the financial world so he had enough knowledge to file a lawsuit against the now current 385 members of Congress along with VP Pence, Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris. He already had experience with the SCOTUS by bringing two petitions to them, both of which were denied. But this experience gave him enough success along the way to give him the confidence that maybe, just maybe, he might be able to do something about this thwarted investigation. 
Their brother Gaynor was heavily occupied with his audio video television business, Rock Canyon Studios. So Darren got together with his other two brothers to plan out the strategy. They decided to have their oldest brother Lloyd to be the name on the lawsuit, which is called a complaint. Because he would be on the complaint, the court would refer to him as the plaintiff. The 388 people being sued will now be called defendants. Lloyd followed the complaint, which eventually got stuck in federal court. So they got together and decided to have their brother Raylan file an identical lawsuit with his name on it in the Utah Second District Court. While Loy's lawsuit continued to be held hostage in the federal court, Raylan's lawsuit eventually made it to SCOTUS. And then it talks about the events. That's yeah, awesome. That's pretty good story. <laughs> so my question is after. Okay, so we have these investigations, right? So how are we going to make sure because i think we have to i'm sure that you guys have strategized further because you know let's say we are able to kick all these people out right these are the same people who voted for the same investigators that investigated 9-11 that are questioned by over 3,500 scientists engineers and architects who say that that was a fraudulent investigation where they spent less than two million dollars to investigate all of 9-11. So think about that, right? 9-11 spent $2 million. They come to Florida, the same investigators come to Florida to investigate Surfside, the collapse Surfside. Here recently, 20 years later, they needed to auto and um, collapse that building on July the 4th. We cannot let these same people like you said, go back into office at all. Okay. We have to not only keep them out, but we also have to make sure that our elections are investigated by real investigators who have no ties to any of these former people at all. And most definitely, and I'm going to call it like it is, they cannot be Israeli investigators investigating American elections because that's exactly who investigated 9-11. So we should all be asking, why did we need those same people to investigate Surfside and who we should start planning? Who is going to investigate these elections? Lloyd, do you have anybody in mind? Well, I have I think I have the simple answer to the whole scenario. And okay. that is the, 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 the one of the emphasis of this case is to strip their immunity that they've given themselves. Article six of the Constitution is very clear. It says that officers shall be bound by oath. And no, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> and okay. if that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're, we're, we're real around here, Lloyd. Technical addition there. We're all yeah. regular humans here. We're, it's about my battery going dead, but I think we're okay. <laughs> oh, Lordy. <laughs> so it's, a, it's, about, it's about the oath of office, and they've given themselves immunity. USC code title 28 gives them immunity and it's an unconstitutional statute. So we're going to, this, this case would strip you immunity from federal state and local officials. And once that is stripped, they'll be bound by oath and they will be able to be sued. The whole defense that the U S attorneys were bringing to this case, excuse me, was, was immunity. I mean, they were basically yeah. admitting wrongdoing. 
And so it was all about immunity. And it's like, uh, uh, no, immunity, if we have a constitution with Article 6 requiring the oath be binding and that hasn't been amended out of existence, then we still have, you know, then we, then we have accountability and any statute, federal or state or local that gives them immunity can be, will be dissolved. And then we have a whole new political climate, a whole new political climate that when you enter office, you're going to realize you can't do just whatever you want. You, you realize that you're going to have to know, you're going to have to have an understanding of the Constitution. You know, in California, there are perjury laws that protect politicians where it says perjury is this, and that, but, it, but they exclude uh, politicians and the oath of office from being charged with perjury. When they swear to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States and they've never read it, there's a violation right there. There's a perjury charge right there. So this would turn everything upside down and people that went into would go into public office would only be those who are more accountable people. So this could completely change the whole scenery. Yeah, I was looking at I was looking at this article and what um, in there it it states the date July 1, 2022, U.S. attorneys motion to dismiss the U.S. attorneys file a motion to dismiss Loy's lawsuit on the grounds that defendants are protected under Title 28, which gives defendants sovereign immunity from any lawsuits relating to actions of treason while serving in the capacity of their office. Really? The U.S. attorneys also fi uh, file a notice of appearance on behalf of all the defendants, making them the official attorneys on record instead of representing them specially. Yeah. Well, it sounds like. So, yeah, people can go. Yeah, people can go to sevendiscoveries.com and they can download the complaint that shows all the reliefs, all the causes of action, everything we're accusing them of, and, and, and also all the evidence from the congressional records. A lot of great information there. For a dollar donation, you can download that at sevendiscoveries.com. So, I have a question for you, and I highly recommend that everybody do this. Um, what what should we be doing regarding our state governments? You know, even though you know maybe our you know selected selected group of politicians are in, but should we file these you know some of these same complaints um, to our state governments? Well, I think right now, let's see what happens with the Supreme Court case, and if this. If this is adjudicated the way we want it to be, then this would be the legal authority where you could bring a, a lawsuit against any representative on any level. And if they if they pled immunity, you have you have a Supreme Court decision that would just wipe that right out with a motion with a full summary judgment motion. I mean, the accountability that this would create is I, I don't think people understand how. In, oh, I, how I, I actually the, I do. This, and I would actually yeah. like. I do, but I, I, I definitely don't think anybody else does. So number yeah, one, well, I'll be in prayer for this. I mean, yeah, you, this I'm would, looking at a picture of you and the, the the litigation. I used to work for a bunch of law firms, high profile law firms. The litigation yeah, is volume is yeah. it's like, I mean, the paper alone must have been uh, expensive uh, to print we've been it. Told, yeah, we've, we've been told that a million to two million dollars easy if we'd had a law firm do what we've what we've done and yeah. and attorney's fees. Yeah. So you, were a lot saying of, that you have to you have to print out a certain paper. You have to buy. It has to be. Oh, um, yeah. It has to be bound. Yeah. When my brother first did this, it cost him five thousand dollars just for someone to coach him on how to format it for the Supreme Court. <laughs> and so right. this 388 this, defendants using the U.S. Yeah. Postal Service to act as process servers to all the defendants. So 388 packets delivered to the post office staff who are waiting to process the service. 
That's yeah, that's over seven thousand dollars in processing fees. Yeah, that's over seven thousand. You know, something that's interesting. My my lawsuit started to be served by the U.S. Marshal Service for free because when I filed mine and it was started, they started to serve it. They the Congress had locked themselves down and wouldn't let anyone in, right? So because of that, we couldn't hire a process server or anyone to go in. So what happens? The court has to allow us to go through the U.S. Marshal Service, the only ones that can go in, and it's free. So that started happening. That was happening on March 31st, I believe, 2021. And then the court called it back. It's like these people are starting to get service according to docket. And then they called it back and said, oh, that was a mistake. Brunson's complaint is deficient. You know, just ignore that. And I'm thinking, well, Nancy Pelosi was one of the ones that, according to the docket, got served. And she would have probably seen it on April 1st. So she probably would have thought it was an April Fool's joke. Or something. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just kind of crazy. But now the real thing is happening. And so more like an April Fool's nightmare, Nancy yeah. Pelosi, Nancy yeah. Pants. <laughs> well, yeah, there are a lot of elements to this. So one of the charges is a conspiracy, a civil conspiracy. And think about it. 380 defendants have been represented by an attorney. They may not even realize that they're in a case as defendants of the Supreme Court right now. I don't even know if they realize that, that there might be a couple that are starting to find out about it, but they've already been, they've already, they already have a representative. Their counsel has already turned down, signed a waiver, a waiver declining an opportunity. Why would that happen? Why would she, divine, why would she divine intervention, that? divine intervention. Well, okay. yeah, divine intervention. It's just, it's just, I think she did the right thing. Maybe she's got some moral Moral well, integrity there, and she, her oath to the Constitution. Exactly, that's the thing. Anyone that fights against this is actually, even if it's a judge, is fighting against empowering the Constitution and and empowering the oath of office. So it's it's a two edged sword. More than that, yeah, yeah. And we're we're dealing. You know, we're hearing a lot of cases. You know, even uh, family law cases where. They've tried to use the family law system, you know, to set precedents that people, a lot of people don't realize how case law is made. And when you do win this case, and I'm going to say when, not if, but when, um, we, this will change the way we are able to look at things. And, you know, we have to keep in mind, every country is also looking at us too, you know? So, um, you know, Lloyd, I mean, I, I just can't even tell you how much I appreciate you and your brothers enough you know, trying and and following through because this is not an easy process. You know, I was saying early on that, you know, Megan Walsh has had the issue with her family law case against her own father who has taken her children. Mm -hmm. And she says illegally her children have been trafficked by the same system that America calls free under Ron DeSantis. And, um, you know, they are taking money for these children um, and, claiming, you know, in the best interest of these children. And I have a, I mean, literally I have mothers who are trying to fight their case. Two of them are in Supreme Court right now. Um, And, you know, this is a very difficult process, what you guys have done, taking it all the way to Supreme Court. It's costly, difficult. And um, I just want to commend you on that and and tell you, you know, as an American, I'm so appreciative of you and your brothers um, for, for fighting the fight that none of us realized could even be done. Um, that does have the, the, no matter what it changes, it's going to change 
our world because we're all going to learn like, okay, if that didn't work, let's try this. Let's shift this. Let's work together to make it happen. So, you know, but we can all be in prayer that the SCOTUS actually does the right thing. Excellent. And what you're doing is wonderful because that's how people learn about it. And it's about Thomas Jefferson said the true corrective for constitutional abuse is education. And that's what you're doing. You're educating people. People need to know the power in the Constitution. There's a lot of power in there. And then uh, if they can go to sevendiscoveries.com and uh, I have a, a, a book, a little pocket sized book on the Constitution. It has Q&A in the back end. It has concepts in there that have never been never been published before. That's my claim. And I'm finding that people are excited to hear these these power clauses that have never been recognized. So, yeah, I, have a, I, I have a friend who uh, her she's in Alaska and the FBI breached her uh, house looking for Nancy Pelosi's computer. She was never actually in the Capitol and uh, they seized her pocket constitution. What is that about? <laughs> well, hopefully they'll read it. <laughs> right. It's like right. somebody stealing your Bible. You're like, all right, wow. no, I take it. Uh, maybe yeah. you'll read it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, an interesting uh, concept that I make in my book is that if you were to ask any representative to show you a clause in the Constitution that specifically, explicitly prohibits socialism, they wouldn't be able to do it unless they had my book. So there are clauses in there that have been ignored. Uh, for over 200 years. There are clauses in there that we need to be able to, you know, reference. You know, we hear about the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, but seriously, have you ever heard anyone, any representative reference something in the Constitution to push back against people like Bernie Sanders and others that are promoting socialism? Well, and so that's it's, it's amazing. Thing. Yeah, they, they try to distract us with First Amendment, Second Amendment, you know, and try to prevent us from getting messages out, um, right. you know, like, uh, you know, even even on the Balenciaga piece yeah. that, you know, people are so concerned about now, we wouldn't have even been able to share, you know, some of the information regarding that on Twitter, even, you know, before Elon Musk took over, I'm not saying he's definitely not a savior, we're not, you know, but you know, for now we're, we're going with the free speech platform that we have. Um, but without that, you know, without that, without the guns, but then we do have to start looking into every single thing and not being afraid, you know, they fear porn people, um, with a, a pandemic for, you know, over two and a half years now. And it's time for people to wake up and realize that we do have a constitution to stand by and we can, um, we can make it happen. I think that's yep. a wonderful thing about your yep. family and your brothers. It's that you all stepped up, you know, no matter what it took, you all stepped up and got together and said, no, this is not right. And we're going to do something about it. And so I'd like to thank all of your brothers and yourself for doing that. Tell them all, Penny L.A. said, thank you so very much. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And please go to the, tell people to go to the website. They'll learn a lot, a lot. Yeah. We'll definitely mention that on other episodes too, Loy. Um, we were mentioning it earlier today and everything. So what right now, I mean, we basically just need to be in prayer for a Friday, the conference. And so the conference with SCOTUS um, is Friday, correct? It's not it's scheduled yet. There is a oh, conference okay. Friday, but it's not okay. scheduled that this will be a part of it. They could put this on. Who knows when? And so hopefully the docket at some point will reflect when it's going to go into conference. But because of the level of urgency that this is and national, you know, national security issues attached to it, you, it they could be doing things behind closed doors. We just don't know. Right. 
and we hope and we hope and pray that they are. So I have one question for you because I know sure. that this is going to get a lot of, of independent news like ourselves. But has anybody from mainstream called to ask you about it? Uh, there are some phone calls that we haven't we need to check because we had a lot of phone calls and uh, the service didn't wasn't able to record all the messages. So we need to finish going through some of the phone numbers. So as far as we know, no, not okay. yet. We'll make sure to tweet this um, to some journalist um, that, that we know of um, to see if they know about it. Um, okay. See if they're, they're willing to cover it, which is ABC, NBC, and um, New sure. York Post, um, and, and a couple at, believe it or not, at New York Times. So hopefully, you know, they'll at least cover it because um, if they want democracy in our republic, um, you know, yeah. there's no place to start than the Constitution. Okay. Now, a lot of cases go to conference. I mean, thousands of them go to conference and about one in a hundred make it through conference. So if we make it through conference, we're one in a hundred cases. So we've come a long way to get to this point and they've characterized it as something that they want. So we believe there's a good chance that it'll, and since it's not a political thing and it's just about investigating crimes when they're reported, uh, we feel like there's a good chance for it yeah, to make it out. So exactly. once it makes it through conference, yeah, I think that's when the mainstream media would really, you know, want to jump all over this. So let me ask you a question. So, uh, you know, when, when we're going back to this, right. So, you know, when there has to be this investigation, I think we all, we all also have to think logically regarding this. So the, the, this investigation is going to occur while these people are in office. So at the same time, how do we, we, as we, the people in the constitution, make sure that it's not them investigating themselves. That that's, that's well, our they'll, biggest they'll get, They won't have immunity if this case moves forward or and they'll be sued. I mean, we could still bring lawsuits against the individuals. That's what the Democrats do. And I'm not saying this is a Democrat or Republican kind of thing. It's like, we need to, we need to use the courts. We need a, law firms that will step up and provide opportunities for cases it's like there, there have been some real serious cases where it was obvious that the police went into the wrong house. A family member was killed here in Utah. They took it to court. And there's nothing they could do. They couldn't be compensated because of immunity statutes here in Utah. And then you have some like the George Floyd thing where there's criminal and he gets all these the family gets a ton of money. And it's like the attorneys stop. They it's so expensive to they they go to they go to federal court or state court and then they get they get dismissed and they don't take it up the ladder and probably because it's so expensive to go to the Supreme court. It's going to, you can't, you cannot take a case to the Supreme court for less than a half a million dollars. You just can't do it. And so the fact that my brother was able to do it, you know, it was just incredible, but that's the problem, the resources, but there should be lawyers and, and teams of, you know, law firms that should be there, a real constitutional civil liberties union instead of the communist one that we have going out there. That's, wow. In British owned bar. I mean, we have a British, we basically are running on a British, the British accreditation registration system. Every bar attorney is, is run by the British. Um, they're yeah. all afraid of losing their bar numbers and their bar license. And um, they are afraid of, of what's to happen. But the reality is if they, if these attorneys don't start stepping up, I mean, they're going to be the ones that are, 
you know, basically forcing and holding everyone's hand directly um, into the next gulag or, you know, in our country becoming communist because they wouldn't stand up for what they are supposedly, you know, educated to do, but being educated by the same system that's actually, you know, ruling the world at the same time. So, um, is there anything, Loy, uh, anything else that you want to make sure that the public knows? Um, and then I hope that we can have you back on to give some updates as they as they come about. So I want to thank you for answering my text. Oh, I think we lost them. You're just like kind of sideways right now. We're, we're like this. A lot is going on, and this is just kind of a makeshift opportunity while I'm in the yeah. middle of so much other stuff. Yeah, so, I know. And listen, anyway. I don't want well, to we thank you so very much for taking yeah. the time out of your day to you know come on and to share this with everyone. Yeah. And I'll get your number from Christy and see if we can maybe uh have you on the dark yeah. outpost as well okay yeah we'll do that and uh and, and again go to sevendiscoveries.com there's a ton of information there and uh, if you have any other questions yeah yeah remember. thank you so very much and again thank you guys for the fight thank you for for even encouraging us to you know go pro se and take things all the way and um, i hope that that our audience will at least leave things with one thing that you can do it. A regular person can do it. You can learn and it's not as hard as they want it to, to make it out like it is, but it is very expensive. And um, for the people who are, you know, still supporting um, some of the, the cabal industry, I highly encourage them to go on and throw a few bucks your way. Um, oh, great. Thanks. To, to help. Yeah, for sure. Because um, I'm going to do the same myself, Lloyd, because I really, I know, I know how much it costs to do these things. And um, if we all just pitch in, um, we can all win. Oh, sure. And even if someone goes to the site and donates a dollar, we know that they're out there supporting us. So uh, just, you know, the people go, go donate $1 at sevendiscoveries.com and download yeah. the complaint for a dollar. That's fantastic. So Thank you. Yes. Well, I think people don't realize that the momentum that they give you when they just go on and donate even a dollar, because at least, like you said, you yeah. know that they're there. And it just it's excitement when you're going through something like this and you're working so hard at it and nobody responds with anything, not even a thanks. It's kind of like, oh, my goodness. You know, are, are we actually doing the right thing? <laughs> you don't want to feel like everybody's asleep. Well, Lori, yeah. um, well, it's, thank it's you. Like so a vote. It's like a vote in favor of this, a dollar vote, sort of. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Well, let us know if we, anytime you need to get a message out, we're here. Um, we we appreciate you and just let us know if there's anything we can do for you. Okay. Will do. Thank you okay. very much. Thank appreciate you very you much. Lot. And your okay. family. All right. Bye bye. Thank you. Whoa, Penny. Wow. Exciting? Yes, very. I know. It's like what we needed to hear. Right? Precedence. Precedent case. Yep. On the presidents. Right. I mean, well, not only the, the presidents, the exciting part about it is it's all the people that could be criminals. Um, and, you know, like I said, my biggest concern is who's going to investigate these people, you know, because they always tend to find, you know, their friends to investigate them. Of course, they find nothing. Um, but I think, you know, 
God is always in control. And like he said, you know, he is, you know, part author of our constitution. Yes. um, In terms of what we have, and we, we basically have to stand up for it. Unfortunately, we've had too many precedent cases that actually were against what God stands for. Um, And I think the McMartin case was one of those. So, you know, a precedent case that would actually stand for the people and for righteousness and for truth and for justice would be awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Penny. Well, listen, do you have anything else that you want to go over today or you want to save? Um, um, I just, uh, I just got something from John Carmen from, uh, it actually was from Infowars, but it says CEO of Balenciaga parent company owns auction site that sells child sex mannequins with genitalia for faces. Yeah. Oh, there's so much. Listen, that when it comes to even the, the, company wide things. Um, I think we vote, I vote we wait and go over that tomorrow because it's almost three. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. The company is like so deep. I mean, it's so deep and I'll, I'll do my best to explain how these advertising companies work um, and how they have so much influence and then how agencies, like I own an advertising agency, how we as regular people with morals, you know, we're, we don't get these jobs. We don't get these opportunities. Like if you won't capitulate to some things that they want, you know, you pretty much have to step away. And some people won't step away for the money. I step away for the money. It it does not, you know, it does not bother me. I don't need their money. Um, God will provide me what I need. And that's it. I'm not, I'm not about, you know, the next car or the next, um, you know, the next jacket that I'm going to wear, um, you know, and spending that much, you know, I would much rather give to somebody like yourself, help Megan with her case, um, even help the, you know, the Loy uh, family, Loy's family um, to, you know, even keep everybody encouraged right now. You know, that's yeah. an important thing, you know, so if the if dollar people- isn't that much to ask. So the dollar actually is more of like, showing that you actually earn support. So I would yeah. encourage everyone to go to the website um, that you had streaming before yeah. you had it up there and, and you'll put it, it too, below, right? I think we also, you know, I think we're both really bad at, you know, at marketing ourselves. You know, some people, you know, want to point fingers and say, you know, we just talk about ourselves. We talk about our experiences, but one of the things we don't do is you have shepherdentertainment.blogspot.com where people can sign up for your blogs, correct? I know you haven't written in a while. Actually, um, I mean, it's just free. So you don't need to sign up for anything. You just go there and read uh, some of my research and then do your own research because this is my research. And these are the conclusions that I've come to based upon my life and my experience within my life. And I'm sharing it and just, you know, use it as a, as a, a jumping off point. You know, like Johnny Cerucci, his books are fabulous. You should go Google Johnny Cerucci and look at him on Amazon and take a look at his books and take a look at what he has to say. Yeah, because he's a former Marine. You know, I think, you know, maybe we didn't give him the best introduction because sometimes we always assume that people already know the next person, but he is a Marine. So when when we're talking about supporting our veterans and Marines, um, he's just one of the more awake Marines, I'll say, because he yes. has not allowed them to silo him. Um, yes. So, you know, it is very encouraging. I do. I want our audience to know it's very encouraging. For me, it's very encouraging whenever I see like new signups, like on PatriotsPerspective.com, when I just even see emails and I see people reading it, it's all free. 
there's no charge. Just enter your email address and basically you're going to get an email um, when there, an email a day, which basically contains all the articles and research that I post. And then I also have several other um, authors that um, we promote and several other podcasters. And Penny, I also have your work coming up there um, as just a reminder, you know, for people to be able to get reminders in their inbox and all that. It does cost me money to send people emails. But at the same time, if I'm going to do the work, I want to know that people are reading the emails, you know, that's important or reading, reading the work. Um, so you can sign up there. If you want to buy something from me, christytasker.com, I ship gifts all over the world. My mom, um, is actually, she hand letters and hand writes notes, um, in the gifts. Um, that is a way, you know, we see that as a way to impart, um, you know, a nice gift to people and actually care, you know, um, so, you know, it is caring people. And I do know the people that actually make my products, um, unlike a lot of brands, um, they are good people and sweet people. And a lot of times they're the ones who, who are confirming some of the information, like from China, from Bangladesh, from Vietnam, from the Philippines. Um, you know, I, not only do I source with them, but I also confirm a lot of the news that we're hearing with those same people. So if people are just wondering how we're all connected and that kind of thing. And I know David um, has darkoutpost.com, right, Penny? That's that, correct. And you can sign up on darkoutpost.com to make sure you're alerted every time there's the news that comes on. And um, you guys start broadcasting every day from 10 until 2, correct? When when David is in town? Yes, it's 10 to 2 Eastern Standard Time and 9 to 1 um, Central Time. Yeah. And we're on Monday through Saturday. Yeah. And you guys have lots of great research, great information, great people. Um, so if you're looking for something to watch instead of your mainstream um, television, please do tune in to um, The Dark Outpost. Um, because you have so much research there, Penny. I so admire you. You know, I love you and think that you are amazing when it comes to putting together the news. And I know that you have more than we can even go over. I mean, which yes. is, I'm, yeah. just a, I'm an exuberant individual. So, you know, I like to try and get as much into a show as possible, which it's not always that it's not always possible, but we have tomorrow. Yeah, we have tomorrow, Penny. Thank you. And I really love you. And I thank you for um, taking the time to share everything that you've learned. And um, if, you know, I think I, I had up on the screen earlier um, that I know I have sent you gift cards before on Amazon, your Amazon mm -hmm. gift cards. I had the banner from where I, yeah, I actually use that to buy my computer. Yeah. That's, and that's the reason I'm like, Hey, there's no better time of year to support research because we are not journalists who um, have everything handed to us and we don't work for the corporations, <laughs> the corpserations. <laughs> So anyway, um, Penny, any closing words for today? I just want to tell everyone to pray about this, uh, this SCOTUS uh, proposal and pray that justice and righteousness are served and uh, pray that, that uh, in, the, in the community, those that are coming forward with truth, please listen to them with open hearts. Uh, not everyone shares the same opinion, but everyone has an opinion and it's necessary that we listen to um, all opinions in order to make discernments. So I try to myself, I've, I now have become an unbiased investigative 
journalist in which I have to weigh all sides of the equation. So that's something that we strive to bring you all, all points from a different, uh, different walks of life. That's right. Me too, Penny. And I, I, I try to investigate in the terms of, you know, I want to, I want to do unto others as I want to have others do unto me. And no matter what race, religion, sexual preferences, he, him, sure, her, KY, XYZ, whatever you are, I don't really care. So that's the thing. I don't really care. I'm not making fun. I don't care. It does not matter if humans are humans and that's it. And um, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to do unto others as we want others to do unto us. And that's the way I like to treat people. And I hope that people will do the same to us, Penny. I think so. That's a great premise. And I want to thank everyone for, uh, for tuning in today. And I want to thank my, my beautiful friend, Christy Tasker for everything that she does. She's just an awesome individual and we'll see you again tomorrow. Okay. See you tomorrow, everybody. 12. Um, we try to go live on Rumble, YouTube, um, and even LinkedIn while we can. Thanks, everybody. Um, make sure you do go to PatriotsPerspective.com, sign up, and we'll see you tomorrow. I'm going to be a David. Christy out. Shepherd out. <laughs>